This is the Mark Podcast from Lifeway Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heineman and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. Lifeway Women events are gospel-centered, worship-filled, high-energy experiences for women of all ages. Whether you're in the room or joining us virtually from around the world via simulcast, at Lifeway Women events, you'll dive into the Bible with teachers like Priscilla Shirer, Lisa Turkhurst, Jackie Hill Perry, Lisa Harper, Jen Wilkin, and more. Learn how to study scripture for yourself, laugh with friends, and leave invigorated to follow God's calling in your life. Find a city near you or learn about our digital events at lifeway.com forward slash women's events. Hello and welcome to the Mark Podcast. My name is Elizabeth Heineman and I am here with my co-host Kelly King. Hello, Kelly. Elizabeth, you know what? I am so glad that we are here, that we are connected. (laughs) If people knew the behind the scenes, like sweating that happens to make sure that we have Christy McClellan on today, but we are so glad that Christy's here. (laughs) Yes. And we can see each other, which is different for us because we normally can't see each other in our guests. So this is really fun. And it's fun to see you, Christy, via Zoom. That is great to meet you guys. It's good to see you both. Love your smiles. (laughs) Excited for our conversation today. Well, you've been on the podcast before, but you know what? Give everybody a little update. Tell us a little bit. I mean, your ministry has really expanded since the last time you were on too. So tell us, give us an update and tell us a little bit about who you are. Yeah, you know, I'm in my 18th year of teaching Bible at Williamson College. I am a Bible nerd. Um, For the last 14 years, I've been taking teams on biblical study trips to Israel, Turkey, and Greece, and Italy. Um, My specialty and passion in teaching Bible is to teach it in its uh, original historical, cultural, geographic, and linguistic um, context. So I am a visual experiential learner. I love to take people over to the biblical lands and take them back into the biblical world to get a little bit of a better understanding of what the biblical authors meant by what they were writing and what the biblical characters were doing and all of these amazing stories that make up the narrative of the Bible. Yeah. So just, you know, a little bit of nerdery. Is that a word? I'm making it a word, nerdery. Uh, (laughs) That should be a word. (laughs) But we love it. We're we're also nerds, so we're glad about it. Um, but you have a new Bible study out called The Gospel on the Ground. So tell us what it's it's about, what women can expect from that study. Oh, I'm so excited for it. So The Gospel on the Ground is essentially the biblical historical story of the early church. We're calling it the grit and glory of the early church in the book of Acts. And for me, when I read the book of Acts, it does not feel like something that just happened way back then, way over there. The word of God is living and active. The word of the Lord is traveling the earth. It is looking for us. And when a 
that finds us, it invites us into the story. So when I read the book of Acts, we're reading about our spiritual forefathers and our foremothers, and we're watching them walk with the living God in their own day, their own generation, their own space and place and time. And for me, the book of Acts just sets me on fire. Um, it's this story where we're seeing kingdom moving into empire and moving into it with gospel clarity. The spirit of God is empowering the early church and they are partnering with the living God to see kingdom advancing in the earth. You know, I talk about it a lot in the study that for the most part, Jesus never traveled outside of a 100 mile radius of where he was born. And yet his name is known and spoken in every corner of the earth. And this series, this study will sort of trace how it is that that's been happening and how it's still happening with the invitation for you and I to take our seats at the table to find ourselves in this living, breathing story. Because the living God is still looking for people who will partner with him. And, and we want to be women who answer that call and say, yes, we want to take the adventure with you, Lord. I love that you said something about fire, because when you think of the Holy Spirit coming <laughs> at Pentecost, and I mean, it, it's, you know, this little, you know, tongues of fire resting on their heads. So it did. The church ignited the birth of that early church. So that's super exciting. And, you know, you, you think, well, why is it important for Christians to to study the early days of the church? And I remember, because I got to sit in on a couple of your recordings, and you may want to talk about this even more, but you talked about how the Romans... The, what Romans were known for were power, Greeks were known for knowledge, but Jews were known for light. And so that may have been something what you want to talk about, but just like, why, why is it important for women to walk away with this new knowledge of the early church? Absolutely. It's all about, so I talk about, you know, the Greeks, they prized knowledge. For the Romans, they prized power. And for the Hebrews, they've always loved the light, the, the light of the scriptures, the light of the kingdom. They have always seen themselves as light in darkness. And so we know that the early church was primarily Jewish at her very beginning in Genesis. And then over time, you see Cornelius and Peter. Uh, later in the book of Acts, we see Gentiles, just like you and me, starting to hear the gospel and to receive the spirit. But Kelly, only because you mentioned it, because I feel like this is such an important, beautiful thing for us to bite down on as women right now today. When you think about pilgrimage, Ancient pilgrimage was always the nations coming to Jerusalem, coming to the city where God's name dwells to celebrate his faithfulness in their lives. But at Pentecost, what we're really seeing is pilgrimage reversed mm -hmm. because it's the nations in Jerusalem now receiving the flame of the spirit of God and moving out into the nations. And so what I love about that is what does it mean to be part of the New Testament church we are a people who are being invited to look up, to look out, to be people of vision and mission, being part of the kingdom of God, moving in the earth, seeing the rule and reign of Jesus expand in this life. This is part of why we are all here. This is part of the invitation into the story where we're finding ourselves. So as one who takes teams to Israel, and yet, as a New Testament Christian, I feel like I get to embody in my life pilgrimage in both directions. 
I love taking people to Israel. I just got back. My face is probably glowing like Moses right now. (laughs) I've only been home just a few days, but I also get to come back here, you know, for me to the United States and to see these teams go back to wherever they came from. And for us to see the kingdom of God spreading through the earth, like a mustard seed. I love, I love thinking through like how these people that we read about in the Bible, it's easy for us to forget that they were real people a lot of times. And so I think through the book of Acts and through this, we're kind of seeing that thread look kind of like you said, that connects not only the old Testament, the very beginning of the world to the new Testament, but also to us today. And so these are our brothers and sisters in Christ and we will meet them one day, which is really cool to think about my Bible nerdness is always like, I want to have some lecture series in heaven. I feel like I've talked about that on the podcast before where I'm just like, I would love it to be like, Hey, if you want to know, what Peter thought when he was, you know, walking on water, please go to room, you know, lecture hall 202 <laughs> at, at 3 p.m. And we would love to discuss that, like, or we'll have a panel discussion of the disciples, like things like that. I, I would love to hear more about that. And so I'm really excited to get to meet these people in real life one day, you know? Oh, yeah. Okay. So divert for a question, yes. because I'd love, I'd love to hear this for, from both of you. If there was someone from the book of Acts that you would want to meet, like with that when we will meet them in heaven, but if you wanted to have dinner with one of them today, I mean, I, for me, it would be Lydia. That's probably my person, yeah. but who, who would y'all's person be in Acts? Oh, my Elizabeth, goodness. you want to go next? No, you go. I'll have to think about this. Man, several come to my mind, so I'm just going to roll them off. Um, I would love to sit down with Cornelius. Um, Yeah. You know, because Caesarea Maritima is one of the places I take teams when we go over to Israel. And I just wish I could talk to him as a Gentile. I also would love to talk to anyone who was president at Pentecost. I want to know what that was like when the flame of the spirit came down um, and settled upon them. Um, you want to talk about a memory they will never forget. They lived their whole lives with that moment. So profoundly anchored in them. Yeah. That's what I was kind of thinking is like, maybe not even the disciples or, you know, Lydia, people that get named, but these people that were witnesses to this, I think that would be fascinating to hear what they thought about it. Like the people in the crowd, the jailers, the different people that were like involved in the story, but are like kind of the secondary characters, I guess, uh, to the story. I think their perspective would be fascinating as well. And just here. I also, yeah, Dorcas is another one. I mean, I, yeah, I just think of it. There's, well, you're right. There's just so many (laughs) and unnamed. So yeah, we could go on and on and on with that. So yeah, Elizabeth, you can ask the next question. (laughs) Okay. We want to hear about this video shoot because we have seen some of the footage. (laughs) I know Kelly said she did some of it, but Talk about the like the B-roll, the introductions. Where did you go and why did you choose that location? We need to know more about this. Oh, man, let me tell you, it was a blast. So, so the real story goes like this. We were supposed to go to Israel and mm-hmm. film it all there. And then you all know COVID kind of shut down that plan. And part of what I talk about in the Bible study is you have kingdom moving into empire. And when I describe empire, I describe it as Vegas. If you want to understand Corinth, Ephesus, Philippi, Thessalonica, Rome, you just need to think of Vegas. And we all have a phrase, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Vegas Vegas is where you go to lose yourself. It's where you go to bankrupt yourself. It's the kingdom of darkness, kind of that kind of an idea. And uh, so we ended up going to Vegas. 
And uh, we had this chance to just be in beautiful settings, first of all, for those of you that have seen it. But I'll tell you the craziest story, something that I'd never done, is Lifeway rented one of those red tour buses, those double-decker tour buses. And we filmed me doing the intro to one of the, the one of the weeks of the study at night on top of that bus moving going down the main strip at Vegas. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. I want you to imagine lights, camera action, all the things, the crew's on top with me. I'm holding my Bible. It was cold that night and I, I'm trying to talk and, and it's moving. So like wind is going down my throat everybody on the side of the rows is just like looking up at us staring like what are these people doing you know right and I will never forget that night we had we laughed so hard I'm surprised we got anything done (laughs) but I love the footage from it because yeah when you imagine the earliest followers of jesus being thrown like seed onto the ends of the earth they were landing in vegas cities Mm. they they were landing in these cities of empire where man is the measure of all things and your personal pleasure is all that matters and entertaining you that's the highest virtue of life and the early church arrives in these cities and starts saying no like there's a kingdom a kingdom coming. And it's not oriented around you. It's oriented around a man named Jesus. And here's the invitation unto eternal life. And so you see the simplicity of the early church moving into these centers of power, these huge Greco-Roman Hellenistic Vegas cities and causing a ruckus. I mean, they are causing a kingdom of God ruckus right in the middle of Ephesus and Corinth and Philippi and places like that. And I love reading these stories in light of that because I think it's important for us and it's humbling for us to sit back in a moment like this and say, you know what? They did their job. They represented Jesus and the kingdom in their generation. And now we are up to bat. We are the current living generations of the church in our own cities and in our own systems. And we are trying to partner with Jesus as we walk with him. We're trying to partner with the spirit of God to agree with the spirit, to see the kingdom of God come down to the ground and start moving out just like they witnessed it 2000 years ago. Yeah, I I can't. I mean, I've seen just a few of the previews. I've not seen all the videos. So now I want to go back. But I also I'm already telling people. So we have a U-Lead event and a Jackie Hill Perry event in Las Vegas the end of September of 2022. And so I'm already, I'm, I've told people, I'm like, I'm staying and I'm going to go hike in that park where you guys went. I, I'm like, okay, if anybody wants to join me. You could me, do like a, a movie set tour, but with Christy's Bible study intro. Christy McCallum movie set tour. I think I could, <laughs> could I charge for that, Elizabeth? Do you think Lifeway would mind? I think uh, yeah, yeah. I, I might get in trouble. I might get in trouble. That's true. Uh, yeah so uh, another thing about like your bible studies you usually use some actual artifacts from the culture so talk a little bit about the cover art for gospel on the ground you already even i wish people could see you right now because you've got it so i know tell a little bit about it yeah absolutely so um i love bringing the bible to life 
for people. And at the end of my time studying in the land, um, one of my professors gave me two precious gifts. One is my ancient Roman glass tear jar that's on the cover of the Jesus and Women study that I did with you all at Lifeway. And my second one is an ancient oil lamp that dates all the way back to the time of the monarchy. So think David, Saul, Solomon. So it is 3000 years old. That's amazing. Um, And I'm actually sitting here. I know you guys can see it. Uh, I'm holding it right now. And I just love it because it's a sign of the light. You know, Jewish people, they are all about the light. And interestingly enough, in Judaism, when you think about Passover or Sabbath or all of the feasts and the festivals, only women are allowed to light the lights Mm -hmm. for all of it. And that honor is given to the feminine. And I love that. So when I'm holding my 3000 year old ancient oil lamp, I don't know who it belonged to. Um, We think it dates back to the time of the monarchy, but I do know that a woman lit it. And there's something about that that is so profoundly beautiful to me that when we're trying to answer the question in this world, what are we as Christian women? What are we as females who are trying to follow the way of Jesus and to make Jesus known in the world? Um, We're light starters. We bring the light and we have for thousands of years physically and spiritually. And so I just thought it would make for a beautiful cover for the gospel on the ground because the early church was bringing light into darkness Um, That was her verb. That was her destiny. That was her function. She took the Great Commission from Jesus very seriously. And we're being encouraged to do the same. And I have Shabbat candles here at my home. And from time to time, I have a replica oil lamp because I obviously don't want to light my real one. It's 3,000 years old. But every time as a woman that I light a light or a lamp, having friends over or whatever, I feel the early church. Um, I feel my participation in this story. So I really love the cover. So when you all see it, just know that that's my ancient oil lamp. And we we sort of lit the replica and superimposed the flame onto it. Um, and I just love that because, you know, as women, we definitely have a place and a role in this grand story. And it has everything to do with light, being light starters, light bringers. We bring light and warmth into the world. The rabbis have said that before. And so it's great to read through the book of Acts and to see the Lydia's and the Dorcas's and all of that and to know they brought the light in their generation and we're being invited to do the same in our own. That's so beautiful. I I don't feel like we can add anything to it, Kelly, unless you have a thought. (laughs) No, No, I'm just, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, this, I mean, and I, this is one of the things I love about Christy is that she does just bring things to life for me, you know, mm-hmm. and, you, and and not that when you read the scripture, but Christy is, has a great way of teaching. And so I know, I think that's one reason women just absolutely love your studies, because it really does just cause you to go, oh, okay, I get it. Like women, yeah. like women were, that was an important part of what they did. So yeah, absolutely. And- And speaking of that, you um, call yourself a biblical culturalist because you do go into this deep dive of the culture of the original audience of the Bible and the original people that lived those stories. And so why is it important for us to look at the original culture when we read scripture? And then how can we do that in our everyday study of scripture? 
if yeah, we don't, if we can't question. go to Israel, we can't study from a rabbi. Oh, I you want know, to thank like, every one of you. Oh, my goodness, Lord, let me let me do that. Please find a way. You know, in essence, Elizabeth, I would just say this. I would humbly contend for this idea that it's not so much the dictionary that gets to define the terms, it's culture. Mm-hmm. Culture defines the terms. When we are reading the Bible, we want to know how the biblical authors defined the terms that they're using. What does Jesus mean when he says, take on my yoke in Matthew chapter 11? And so for me, what I love to do is to, to bridge the Western church in the world and culture of the Bible, because there's a difference in reading a book about you and being with you. And for me, we can read of these stories in the Bible, but when we start to understand these stories in their own world, in their own language, in their own geography, and in their own culture, it's like TV moving black and white to color. All of a sudden, you will read a story and your understanding of it, it almost feels like a lightning rod to me sometimes. It's like, Oh, that's what's going on in this story. And it brings clarity. And the living God wants to be known. He wants us to know him more than we want to know him. The Bible is not meant to be this elusive, um, hard, difficult thing that only bearded rabbis of Israel or scholars in a white cathedral can figure out. No, the Bible is the living God is our father reading a story to his children, the best and the truest story ever told. And these stories just so happen to happen in another place at another time of another world of another language, of another geography, and of another culture. And so my passion is to bridge it. I love that moment of seeing the lights go on for somebody when their eyes get bright or they back up and they're just like, whoa, look at how amazing the living God is. Because I tell people all the time, I went to Israel and learned that the living God is better than I ever knew. And I'm going to spend my life trying to share that with as many people as I can. And the gospel on the ground is just the latest way that I've been able to do that. Yeah. We're so thankful for that. Absolutely. I I know when I tell women about like Bible study resources that they need to have in their library, one of the ones that I tell them, you really do need to have like an Old Testament and a New Testament survey book because you to read it and to understand that context and the geography and even the political climate of that particular time um, really does give you a different perspective. And it does really put you in to that land, but also um, just and that's why we talk about language. And that's why we talk about the importance of knowing original language, which I think is really good, too. OK, so. I do want to talk for a moment about you've been grounded, so to speak, you know, for a while, because the last time you were on the podcast was October 2020, and you haven't been able to go to Israel. I know you just got back, but this was your first time back in two years. So what is something that maybe God taught you while you were home, while you were kind of stuck here? What are some things that he taught you? Man, that's a great question. It's a soulish one. I would probably answer it in a few ways. So I would say that the last two and a half years have felt like exile for me, because while my address is in the United States, Israel feels like home for me. 
So not being able to get to her, not being able to go there, because that's the deepest well that I drink from. I tell people all the time, two weeks in Israel gives me grace to do everything back here at home. So it's been two and a half years of walking with the living God, uh, doing a lot of things. It's been a busy two and a half years in an interesting way with a lot of sadness in my heart. Mm. Um, I've done a lot of things uh, with deep sadness in my heart. And, you know, I love the prophet Isaiah. Uh, if, you know, Kelly, if you ask the question, what Old Testament prophet would I love to talk with? <laughs> Isaiah is my boy. I love Isaiah. And Isaiah 45, he talks about, he's quoting the living God where he says, for I will give you treasures in the darkness, riches stored in secret places so that you may know that I am the Lord, your God. And I feel like that the last two and a half years, they've been unique and they have afforded me the opportunity to inherit some of the treasures of darkness. And I think the Lord's been faithful to mature me in some ways, to strengthen me, to grow me up, to be just totally honest. Um, we are ever maturing, ever learning. Um, Cause there's something to something being hard, but then when you have to walk out a sustained hard over the course of time, that's a different kind of hard. Um, and some days were certainly more difficult than others. And when you think about this new Bible study that we're talking about, that entire thing happened during that exile. Mm -hmm. And so when I see the cover myself now, uh, when I see those videos in Vegas and when I see the teaching videos and go back, I'm like, man, Lord, you were, you were, for making up for the gap in my life. Because when I felt so weak and so sad um, and empty, to be totally honest, the living God was so faithful to be strong on my behalf, to be present in all of it. And so I don't know if this is going to, I don't know if this sounds right, but I think I feel a sense of pride in the gospel on the ground in the sense of it felt like a really painful partnership with the living God the season that that got shaped in. So it's not a pride like, oh, I think it's the most amazing thing the world's ever seen. But I know the hurt and the loss and the sadness that it came through. Mm -hmm. And the living God did not fail me. He has not failed me yet. He, he has not failed us yet as a people. And so that's probably just some of the first things that come to my mind and come up in my heart when you ask that, Kelly. Yeah. yeah. I'm I think sure you're not the only one that's felt that way. Yeah. Right. I was going to say, I feel like we've had similar conversations with a lot of people about just the wilderness season, the exile season. And I think we're, we're still going to see and hear more and more stories of how God, you know, showed up and the ways that he used that time in everyone's lives to give himself glory and to, for our good. And so it's going to be so cool to see that, but cool is not really the right word. I'm trying to think of the right word, but it'll just be really awesome. I guess that's the right word to, in its original meaning <laughs> to see, to see that yeah. come forth and just see how, cause I mean, we see in the Bible, what God did with the wilderness season and what God did with exile. And so we, we had the chance and the privilege to live through that, um, yeah. in a, in our own way in our own cultural way. <laughs> I think so. it's the sense that the living God is so beautiful that he wastes nothing. Yes. Even the wilderness seasons. Yeah. Because if we were all coming out of COVID, 
and not able to talk about what we gained or, you know, yeah. or how the Lord sustained us. If it was just all for nothing, I felt like that would be even harder. But to be able to go back and say, oh, wow, Lord, I see. I see some of what you were doing there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, that's just been comforting. Freshly home from Israel because I just had the chance to go back. Yeah. Um, even while I was there in the land over the last several weeks, there was just this sense with the Lord of like, man, we did that together. We did that two and a half years together and and I'm grateful for it here in the end. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, Christy, we've asked you this before, so we're going to just put a little twist on it, but this is the question we ask all of our guests. Um, As you studied the early church in the book of Acts. So I know this is something that you've studied a lot, but as you did it for the Bible study, maybe what is something about that time and that group of people that has marked you in your walk with Christ? Um, Jesus said in Matthew 13 that the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. And when I read the book of Acts, we'll unpack what that means and its historical context in the Bible study. But the early church understood that parable and they Mm -hmm. sought to live it out. And they were casting and lighting lights everywhere they went. And I think for me, I read the book of Acts and it provokes a question in me, to be totally honest. It is back to what Kelly was saying. Am I a lover of knowledge? Or am I a lover of power or am I a lover of the light? Mm. And I pray that the living God is shaping me to be a person who loves the light. Mm. I want to agree with the early church and I want to agree with Jesus and I want to be a light starter. I want to set some stuff on fire for the kingdom of God. I pray that my life does that. Yeah. I think that's our, our prayer for all of our listeners, for us, for our own lives. Definitely. I think Um, there's something about light in that metaphor that just kind of like, uh, I don't know, gears you up to go forth, you know, (laughs) it's, it's a rallying. That's the word I'm looking for. I mean, I I think that when we read the new Testament, Christy, because of this study, I think that we will look at light very differently. And, and when we read it in our translations, when we talk about light and how we are to be a light and, um, and to, to not, you know, I think about, you know, we're not supposed to hide our light, you know, that we are supposed to go forth. And so, um, we, we pray that this Bible study will light our ladies on fire for the, for the gospel and to be sent to really be sent forth and to spread the gospel wherever they go. So thank you for being faithful to write it, even in a hard season, Christy. Um, you know, that's part of what maybe the Lord has, has used you in this midst of the, the exile of, of how you've had time to, you've had the time to, to devote to writing this. So thank you for doing that. And so I know listeners, if you want to do this Bible study, hey, and I know we're coming up on maybe summer or whatever, and you're thinking, well, Bible study in the summer. Yes, Bible study <laughs> in the summer. You can do Bible study in the summer or preview it this summer and then do it with some other ladies in the fall. Like go ahead and get it. Um, so yeah, go to lifeway.com, find gospel on the ground. Christy, thank you again for, for being here. Thank you both for having me. It's great to see you both. Have a great day. All right. Well, listeners, we hope that y'all come back next week and we will see you then. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heineman. Use the hashtag Marked Podcast to connect with us. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. 
All of today's show notes will be posted at LifeWayWomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time.